And we are in the home stretch of the federal election campaign, and most polls have got this race essentially too close to call. A virtual tie right now between the liberals and the conservatives. Joining us now, John Capabianco, senior vice president with Fleischman Hillard High Road. He joins us now here on Global News Radio. John, nice to speak with you. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, listen, when this election was first called by Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, the Liberals had a fairly healthy five-point lead. Uh, what happened? Did they make a miscalculation? Well, I think they did. There's no doubt that when he called the election, he called it with one thing in mind, that is to have a majority government because, you know, obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic and he was about 10 to 15 points ahead, depending on which poll you were looking at or listening to. Um, but that sort of evaporated pretty quick in the first couple of weeks of the campaign. And I think it's because, in large part, he didn't have a specific message as to why we were going into an election. I think the other leaders, uh, namely Aaron O'Toole, of course, and Jagmeet Singh, were on him, basically saying, why are we in this? Normally, when a government goes into an election, there's a certain ballot question that he that they want the, the, the Canadian you know, voting public to be able to mull over. Uh, and he was trying to say, well, there's decisions that we need to make and we've got to make things happen for the for the government. But yet, you know, what people saw was in the last two years, two and a half years of this minority government, he was basically getting 99 percent, if not 100 percent of all the bills passed because he, not, he, he normally had either the NDP or other political parties supporting him. So he never really had any challenges getting the policies done. And then, of course, the budget that he uh, that he got passed basically had every announcement that he's made during the election. And I think that's what caused the erosion of, of that lead. And I think that's why we're seeing such a tight race. And now we're in, we're in the race of, of inches now, really going into election day on Monday. All right. So is this race closed more because of what Justin Trudeau and the Liberals have done rather than maybe what Aaron O'Toole? And this has been a bit of a coming out party, obviously, for Mr. O'Toole, uh, this election. A lot of Canadians getting to know him maybe uh, for the first time. But is this more about what the Liberals have done rather than what Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives have done to close the gap? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, Jeff. I think it's a little bit of what the Liberals didn't do particularly well at the beginning of the campaign. I think they got their footing certainly uh, since the debates and, and sort of are, are now you know pushing, up, making a mad rush now. But I also think that it was an opportunity for Canadians to see Aaron O'Toole. You know, he had a huge challenge. He's been a leader for about a year, just over a year now. Uh, and a large part of it, of course, was was in you know with the pandemic. And of course, in the middle of a crisis, most media outlets, most Canadians want to want to hear from their leaders, be it the premier, prime minister, or premiers. So of course, when you're in opposition during a crisis, it, it, on a good day, it's it's hard. But during a crisis, people don't necessarily listen to what the opposition leaders have to say because normally they're supporting their leaders or governments and trying to get you know support and relief to Canadians. So I think that was a huge disadvantage for Aaron O'Toole. And I think the Liberals miscalculated and underestimated that. But I think that, you know, he has come across quite, quite, you know, moderate. Uh, he is, he's been steady. And I think Canadians have had a good look at Aaron O'Toole, which is why I think he's getting the numbers that he's getting because of that and because of the Liberals' mismanagement early on in the campaign. All right. I want to get your take as well, uh, John, on just this election campaign as a whole, because uh, there's starting to be a lot of talk. And the narrative is that this is maybe the nastiest federal election campaign we have ever seen, that the rhetoric is getting turned up even uh, higher or hotter, if you will, particularly by the two front runners, Trudeau and O'Toole, really going after each other, in particular, the last couple of days. And we certainly have seen that amongst voters with protests in front of hospitals, gravel thrown at uh, Trudeau at one point in this campaign, as we all know. Uh, 
what is your take on just uh, how nasty this campaign has been in, in our politics have become in general? I think the leaders themselves, I think, have been generally pretty good with respect to uh, not least of which, of course, last couple of days, which, which is to be expected when you're in the last run, the last week of the campaign and the polls are so tight. But I've been involved in so many campaigns over the last 20 years, uh, including the free trade debate, the famous debate with, with Brian Mulroney and, and uh, John Turner and, uh, and how vicious that was and the protests that that had. I, I, I must admit that the protests that we're seeing now are a little bit more violent. Uh, stones throwing is just nonsense, and they shouldn't be doing that. Um, but I, you know, it wasn't up until really the other day where Aaron O'Toole took started taking some shots at, 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 at Justin Trudeau. But Justin Trudeau, from the very beginning, the minute he started seeing his polling numbers drop, started attacking Aaron O'Toole by calling him, you know, pro-abortion when when uh, when Aaron O'Toole was saying that he was pro-choice. Uh, you know, linking him with these anti-vaxxers when Arrow Tool basically said, look, I've always been telling people to get vaccinated. He and his wife got vaccinated after they got, they got COVID. So those kinds of attacks can, can, were persistent with Justin Trudeau over Arrow Tool. And Arrow Tool is now basically saying, look, you've got a choice. You've got to contrast and compare between who Justin Trudeau was in 2015, who he is now, because he's got a track record, and the track record shows that he doesn't keep his promises, and who I am, somebody who's going to try to keep my, my promises and my, make my commitments. I think that's where we're seeing it. So I don't think it's been as vicious as other campaigns, but I certainly think the protesters are getting way out of control. Mm -hmm. So do you think our politics, uh, it hasn't taken a turn for the worse overall that, uh, I don't know, we've sort of uh, crossed some sort of line never to come back? Because there has been some commentary out there to, to that effect. Or do you think that's just recency bias, that uh, we're just kind of in the midst of that right now? Well, I think we're just seeing it because we're in the, the final stretch. You know, I, I think that we saw a lot of the attacks that were going back and forth with respect to policies, but also just, as I said, calling, you know, calling uh, Aaron O'Toole, uh, uh, you know, acquitting him to the, to the anti-vaxxer protests and calling him pro-abortion. Uh, those kinds of things were things that Aaron O'Toole had specifically said that he was not. So, you know, that kind of went without anybody sort of seeing it or, or commenting on it, and really in, in some cases. But I just think that it's normal. We're, you know, it's the game of inches now, Jeff, you know, as we get into the final stretch. Uh, so you're going to get elbows up in the corners a bit. Um, but I just hope that, you know, my, my most important thing is that the protesters just understand that what they're doing can hurt people. And actually protesting hospitals is just is just crazy. And, and they should be, they should be protesting you know, in other places and, and doing it in a way that's civil and, and, uh, and not uh, with any violent intent. All right. Having said all of that, the polls are so close right now between the liberals and conservatives. What does either party need to do in the closing days? And do you think, John, that uh, perhaps uh, Mr. Trudeau might turn his attacks instead of to Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader, maybe to Jagmeet Singh, the NDP? And are they siphoning off a progressive of votes that he desperately needs? Yeah, and that's always been a concern for the Liberals, which is to say that, you know, whenever they're in tight races, they then sort of, you know, kind of regroup and rally the progressives, the center left of, of the uh, of the electorate. Uh, and, and they will always make a final pitch. And I remember, I think, the last campaign or two campaigns ago, Jeff, where there was mailings, literally, strategically telling people how to strategically vote in their various writings, which is to say that if they had a liberal incumbent, they were saying, please make sure if you're NDP, vote for your liberal incumbent. So there was there's actually active campaigning that happens to try to shore up the progressive vote, because that, you know, that, that campaign that, that, that Jagmeet Singh is having, which is a really strong campaign and he's doing very well, can hold a lot of the NDP vote that otherwise might have gone to the Liberals and could cost them a number of seats and could cost them, quite frankly, the difference between a, a minority government liberal or a minority government conservative. 
Uh, and the same with the conservatives with respect to the PPC, although the PPPC party, which, of course, is not as strong or as, as popular as the NDP. But there is some effect that they might have in some writings, although not to the extent that the NDP would have with the liberals. Yeah, John, do you think this this election is going to be all about turnout? I mean, we've been talking about that since uh, the writ uh, was dropped and uh, really worried about, concerned about the turnout, having an election in the midst of a pandemic and the uh, fourth wave and whether or not people will actually feel comfortable enough uh, going to the polls. And you think with the, such a tight race that this is all going to be about the party that can get their supporters out? Yeah, the ground game is going to be essential, and that is and that is getting out the vote and, and making sure that every one of your identified supporters in all of the ridings that you have, and it doesn't matter which party you are, getting them out to vote is going to be critical. And, of course, the challenge with, with the pandemic is that we're seeing that many polling stations that were that people were used to over the course of the last number of elections aren't going to be available. Schools aren't going to be available in some cases. Churches might not be available because of their size. So we're seeing in some ridings where they might have had two or 300 polling stations in a riding get down to 50, 40, in some cases even double digits, like 12 or 13. So that's going to be a problem. So I've been seeing, especially in my area here in Toledo Lakeshore, Jeff, I saw just going around the weekend, a long lineups for the advanced polls, like literally lineups around the corner. So I think people were basically saying, look, I'm just going to get my vote in early. I'm not sure what's going to happen on Monday. I want to get this thing out of the way. So hopefully that's an indication that people are voting. The other challenge, of course, is that the mail-in ballots, I think Elections Canada predicted some sort of in the millions of people that would request mail-in ballots. I think they're at about 800,000, give or take a, a few thousand. And that's extremely low um, from what they predicted. So hopefully maybe people are going out to election to, uh, to the advance polls and more importantly, getting out to vote on Monday. All right, John, thanks for this. Appreciate it. An exciting few days ahead as the uh, race to the finish line uh, continues here towards a Monday and Election Day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.